Tilma, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA-owned and operated for over 40 years. This is The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. then here on Drive with Peter Vlahos on SENWA. I love having a chat to this gentleman because he's such a learned gentleman about football generally right across uh, the country, whether it be VFL, AFL, WAFL. And, of course, he originated from Glenorchy in Tasmania. So he's got an opinion because Tasmania very much is headline news in the AFL. And it appears that the 19th team could be announced. We thought it might be announced at the end of August, but it could be announced maybe in coming months. Um, for maybe admission in 2027. I'll get this gentleman's thoughts on that right at the end of the chat. But the reason I've got him on is back in 1996, and he coached the Sydney Swans for around seven years. But in his very first year at 1996, the Swans got to an AFL grand final, but unfortunately were beaten by the Kangaroos, led by Wayne Carey in that year. We're talking about Rodney Ede, and he joins us on the program now. Hi, Rocket. How are you? Good, thanks, Peter. How are you, mate? All yeah, right? Yeah, very well. Uh, you had a very good tenure there at Sydney. As we know, at that stage, only in the second decade of their existence. Your fond memories of 96? Oh, very much so. Uh, obviously, very fond memories of being in Sydney as well. But, um, yeah, that year, I was, uh, yeah, everything sort of, we started off slowly, but everything sort of clicked into place for us after about round three or four. And, uh yeah, it was a, an exciting year, and I think that preliminary final where Tony kicked the point after the siren, and Richard Collis has said it often as well, that I think it was the time that, um, or the moment, that uh, the Swans were accepted in, this, in the city as, as Sydney's one of their own. So, you know, the stories we hear about, you know, the, the pubs were full and people were watching it, they were turning off the rugby league to watch the Swans, and... Uh, yeah, so so certainly fond times. Mm, and since then, of course, the club has gone from strength to strength. But saying that, you took over from an AFL or VFL legend in Ron Barassi. What was it like actually taking after Barass, who, as we know, is a living legend inside Australian rules football? Um, yeah, I suppose in some ways it might have been daunting, but I think I was just uh, excited about getting a job and enthusiastic to get started. But uh, Ron, I think... Um, when he took over, you know, the club was at the depths a bit, and I think he, you know, he gave the, the club a lot of credibility, um, a lot of uh, kudos in the city itself, um, but certainly in AFL circles. And, uh, and he did a fantastic job. And he stayed on, uh, was on the board when I was coaching. He was terrific support for me. So he was a terrific person, Ron. Um, and uh, I know I was thrilled to have him having him on board. But as you said, following. A living legend, wherever he walks into a room, he's got this aura and this presence. And, uh, um, no, he's fantastic to be involved with the Swans. And what about last weekend? What a classic. And the SCG has produced some uh, amazing matches because of whatever reason, the configuration of the ground, the ability to win the ball out of the middle and within a kick or two uh, find uh, the major opening. Uh, it not, often is and a very exciting game at the SCG. How did you view the one against the Magpies last week? Yeah, it certainly was an exciting game. That um, the Swans were all over them, weren't they? The first half and probably should have been another three or four goals up at uh, half time with the number of shots that they missed and set shots. But uh, to the Pirates' credit, they came back extremely well. And uh, um, Heaney missing that goal right on the three-quarter time siren, I thought might come back to haunt him, which it nearly did. Um, 
But uh, you have to give full credit to the Pies to be able to fight back like they did. I think Sydney went into defence mode a bit and tried to save the game. I think it's proven over a long period of time. You go and try and save games and uh, you end up getting scored again. So but anyway, they hung on and uh, uh, makes for an exciting grand final this week. Was that a Tom Papley push? Would you have awarded the free kick in the end? He kicked a goal. Well, that was a contentious uh, issue, a, a non-decision yeah. uh, late in the game. I think it was a push. Um, I think, I don't know, I haven't had to have a look at the game closely, but I wonder whether the umpire was a bit blindsided by it. Couldn't quite get a great view of it. Um, but uh, they've certainly let a lot of that go this year and without any notice to supporters or media that uh, they're modifying the rules. So, which is typical of the AFL. They don't let anyone know what's going on. But, uh, yeah, I think he got away with one then, Tom. That's for sure. Yeah, certainly going to be one of the key players for Sydney this week. How do you view the grand final against the Cats, who did it quite easily on Friday night against the Lions? Yeah, I think the lead-in suits, uh, suits Geelong. I think they're able to get some... Good game time and played well against Brisbane. They had a tough one against Collingwood as well. But I think, uh, and then be able to rest some older players towards uh, the end of the game, I think they're cherry ripe. I think they'd have to be favourites. Um, but Sydney beat them early in the year and uh, they've only played each other once. But um, I think if a team's going to worry Geelong, it'll be Sydney. Um, Sydney's defence is quite good. They love marking the ball. But I imagine Sydney will do things differently and move the ball uh, use the angles and uh, hit the short passes a bit to try and keep them uh, um, keep them on their toes. But um, I think Geelong, for me, will be favourites. Um, I'll be barracking for Sydney, but uh, um, hopefully they can get up. But uh, maybe um, I think the Cats might be in a close one. Yeah, you talked about managing players. Uh, Chris Scott's done it pretty well with Geelong this season, hasn't he? And they really haven't missed a beat. And how important, and of course you've been involved with Sydney, Western Bulldogs, Gold Coast as a coach, is to try and manage your most important players. Uh, and I think, as I mentioned, the Cats coach seems to have done it pretty well this season. Yeah, he has. I think, you know, uh, the first final against Geelong, the Dangerfield and Selwood starting on the bench and managing their game time, uh, Dangerfield a bit more game time. Uh, on the weekend, and he had those few games that he's missed as well. So I think they'll be cherry up. I, I don't think they'll be saving any, any of them this week. I think uh, Dangerfield will be red hot to go from the start. So um, uh, I reckon Mills might pick him up early. But, yeah, he has managed them well. Um, but uh, and we know that it's a funny game where you can get injuries early or concussions can change, can change it uh, quickly. So um, I think, as I said, Sydney... Uh, uh, deserve to be there. I think I think they've proved they're at least in the top two teams this year and I think uh, Geelong wouldn't want to be off queue at all because uh, the, the Swans can score heavily and pretty mm. quickly. Of course, today came the announcement that Lance Buddy Franklin's got another one-year extension. It does come on grand final week. Uh, does that do anything for the morale of the football club? Oh, I think it'd be a positive. Um, not many people were talking about it of late, which is probably a good thing, but I think the fact that he's announced that uh, it'll give the players a bit of boost. You can see he's pretty popular um, and uh, takes any any discussion of that out of, the, out of the equation. So it's just that 1%. Um, I don't think it's going to be a big deal, but it, it, no, it's certainly... It's certainly more of a positive than a negative, that's for sure. Yeah, I thought he struggled last week, uh, Rocket, uh, against Collingwood. 
How much of a, a bonus is he or how much of a hindrance is he at 35 years of age, knowing you can't really do the things uh, buddy-like that we've come to expect over the years? Um, yeah, I thought he struggled first one. I was, I was pretty impressed with his first half last week. I think he, he I think Collingwood got their matchups wrong, and um, I think he you know, kicked two goals one. And I thought he was contesting extremely well. I, I, I think you're right in many ways. Champions get uh, create uh, their own pressure and uh, and victim of their own standards. And I think at 35, he's not going to be what he was. But you certainly leave him alone and get the wrong matchup. He can cause some havoc. Um, he didn't do a lot in the second half because Darcy Moore went on to him, took a good mark in the last last bit. Um, but he's still a dangerous player, and he takes a good player to play on him. And so I think it's a worthwhile signing. I never never thought he'd leave to another club. And uh, so I think if they manage him well next year and gets, you know, you spoke about managing Dangerfield and that. If he, He'll get a dozen 14 games next year. I think um, no, I think he'll be a positive for them. A mm, couple of final questions. Firstly, about Fremantle. Are you surprised by the players that uh, are at the exit gate for the Dockers after what was a pretty successful season? I am. I'm extremely surprised. So I don't know. You'll, you'll probably know, or the West Australian people will probably mm. know more than we have over the East Coast here about why. But it seems strange that, They've really improved, uh, close to finishing top four at the end of the home and away. Young team, you think they're going to improve again, that uh, players want to leave. Um, I know some of the players, probably the club, probably not uh, too fussed about, but the fact that there's five or six uh, is very surprising. So, um, yeah, so... uh, is there any word on that, Peter, why that why that's happening? I think a lot had to be cleared because of the uh, pending Luke Jackson arrival. They need right, to clear okay. the desk. Yeah. But also, there is one of the managers, Colin Young, who manages a number of the players that want out, you know, Akers, Lobb, uh, just to name a couple. And I believe that Colin's had a bit of a, a conflict with the Fremantle Footy Club. Uh, and I'm just right, wondering okay. whether that's got anything to do with it. But we'll have to wait and see. Finally, uh, Tasmania. Uh, they're now saying maybe 2027. The government's committing a certain amount of money towards this, what's going to be a pretty boutique stadium there. Uh, your thoughts on the progression of it? Because we thought by now there would have been a decision. Yes, I think uh, some of the presidents, I don't, you know, it, it's, you know, it's quite annoying what some of the presidents want to put up as a negative and don't want the, uh, no, they don't want Tassie to come in. And um, now the government has stumped up even more money now than what they originally did, and it's for 12 years, not for 10. Um, we're going to put 75 million towards a, a stadium. So I think um, I think they've met a lot of criteria. I think it's vital for all parties. I think AFL itself, if we want to be a truly national comp, but also for Tassie Footy. I, I'm reading between the lines. I think McLaughlin wants it in to leave a legacy. It'll get done. Uh, just a matter now of all the politics and whether the federal government put money into the stadium and et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I think it'll happen. I think it'll be great, uh, as they're saying, for 2027. I mean, it's going to take quite a few years to get the, the rules and regulations as far as recruiting in board, but also to set the development plans and programs for, you know, for Tassie footy for when it does actually come in. But uh, I'm, I'm fairly certain it'll get in, and I think it'll be great for footy. Yeah, good stuff, Rocket. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, and your final selection for the grand final, uh, you're thinking maybe Geelong, but your heart says Sydney. What sort of game are we likely to see? And maybe a margin and a winner for our listeners this afternoon. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm leaning towards Geelong. My heart, as you say, is Sydney. Um, I think it'll be under two goals. I think the game will be pretty intense game. I think there'll be a lot of pressure, as we come to expect. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. I think at times uh, grand finals can be that. Um, a, you're looking for a Norm Smith medalist? Yeah, who are you throwing uh, up? Um, well, I think either Cal Mills is the best chance from Sydney and I think Dangerfield from Geelong would be the, would be the two picks for me, one for me, the team. And uh, uh, But I think if Sydney can hold, I know they've got some good smalls, but they can hold Cameron and um, Hawkins. Uh, it certainly gives them a good chance of winning. Yeah, good stuff, mate. Love it. Okay, thanks for joining us, Rocket. Enjoy grand thanks. final week there in Melbourne and the weekend. It's always a special place to be. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Peter. All the best, mate. Yeah, Rodney lovely. Eid, who took uh, the Sydney Swans to the 1996 uh, AFL grand final, but were beaten by North Melbourne by 43 points. Great to have a chat to Rocket as well. We're going to take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Don't go away. Thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, where you always get the right tool from the start. This is Drive with Peter Vlahos here on SENWA.